amazing that six gospel verses can have so much to say to us. But before that, um, we're going to hear so many references to this phrase, on that day, in the Old Testament readings of Advent. And if it doesn't say on that day, it, in effect it's saying it because these readings are looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And these are richly displayed in the Advent season. In the Gospel and in the prayers of the church, we're going to hear a lot of references to the last day when Jesus would come again. And almost all of the prayers are focused on the second coming. But there's also one other thing we're going to hear a lot of, and the first day of following the first Sunday of Advent, the first Monday of Advent, begins with the healing story, and a rather extraordinary one. And of course, the healing stories are there in abundance because the coming of the Messiah would bring peace and healing, the blind would have their sight restored, the deaf would hear, the paralyzed would get up and walk, and that messianic message is, is just packed into the Advent season with healing story after healing story. But this one is special because it's not a Jew that's healed. It's a Roman centurion. This one's special because we shouldn't have found faith in this man. We shouldn't have. We would expect it to be in the Jews who are looking forward to the coming of the Messiah and the messianic message is alive and, and, and visible and yet it is a centurion who had heard about this Jesus and, and it lifted his hope. He trusted that this could happen for him, for his servant. And it's also interesting that it is his servant and how much he needed his servant to take care of, care of household affairs. So he goes to Jesus and says, can you basically ask him if he could heal his servant who was lying ill near death? And Jesus said, without any question, I will come and cure him. And then we have this incredible response. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, not only is it incredible just in the story form, but it's also doubly or triply incredible because it's one of the very few lines from the scriptures that directly comes into our liturgy. And of all places to come, right before we receive Christ. This is impactful. Right before we take the body and blood of Christ into our into our body and our soul, we say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, echoing these words. And they're so significant because the effect of those words, the man not only says that, but he then interprets it for Jesus. Look, I understand authority. I'm a soldier. I have soldiers under me. I tell them, go, they go. Come, they come. I tell my servant, do this, he does it. And so he is saying, in effect, to Jesus, I trust you. You have power. You have authority. If you wish to do it, you can do it. And I'm asking you, if you will, you don't need to come under my roof. I trust you can just say the word. Just say the word, and it'll be done. And then perhaps the, the, the most fabulous word in this whole gospel is it says that Jesus was, what was he? What was he? Amazed. He was amazed. That Amazement is you look at the sun come up and your jaw drops and you just you don't have a word. You have that brilliant word, you just go, wow, you're amazed. That's extraordinary for Jesus, this spiritual guide to be struck, to be touched, to be amazed at this faith that shouldn't have been there but was. 
Well, as usual, one last thing. This is Matthew now. Matthew written specifically to the Jewish community. This gospel more than anyone, right to the Jews it's written. And his response is that people from the east and west would come. How much the Jews would have loved him to say, here the Jewish people are being saved this day. But in effect he's saying, you're not going to take the message. People from the east and west will come before you. How sad. How wonderful too. The little story, as I like to say, is on the page. We got all the facts there. But the big story is how it mixes with us and our soul. What does it have to do with us? So I would suggest that, um, that we all need healing. Now I have, the last two colds I've had yesterday was another one. I got hit by the truck of a cold. It, I went to bed on one night well, woke up the next day, and I thought, well, I, I, they were powerful colds, and I drank water, and I sweat, and I did all the normal stuff, and the next day, like today, I'm 85.723% better. I can't believe it. Um, it's extraordinary when you, when you experience healing in any form. Did it come directly from Jesus, from God? I don't know where it came from. I did talk to God about it. I said, you know, come on, step up. We, we need to take care of business here. And um, extraordinary. I don't know why. I don't usually heal like this. But if it is a tiny miracle or not, all I can say is that I do believe that Jesus Christ really wants to bring healing into our lives every single day. And more than the physical healing, which are nice to get, are the deeper and the most important ones, the spiritual healings. Anywhere where we have infirmity of the soul, and the list is enormous, anger, hatred, prejudice, can't forgive, no compassion, don't want to serve, uh, are lazy, uh, are, are jealous, are, the list goes, we know the list. Go through Paul, he'll give it to you in so many different forms. And if we identify those and seek healing, and if we can have the humility of the centurion and the trust, Lord, you don't have to come under my roof. Just say the word and really believe that Jesus Christ is seeking the healing of our spirit. Then this Advent could be extraordinary as we come into it and come out at Christmas with some really new life. And perhaps all of us could come before the Lord and echo the words of this centurion and experiencing his healing power. Let us stand and lift up our needs. Our prayers to God.